Empire of the Sun. Suns. Empire of the Suns. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Arizona Sports presents the Empire of the Suns podcast. Empire of the Suns. Hello there, and welcome to the Empire of the Suns podcast. My name is Kel Nolson, joined as always by Kevin Zimmerman. Hello, Kevin. Hi, it's Saturday, almost Mother's Day, enjoying the weekend, and then here we are. Breaking news edition. Uh, the Suns have let go, fired, terminated, whatever you want to phrase it as, dismissed Monty Williams after four seasons. ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski was, I believe, the newsbreaker on this and was certainly the newsbreaker on the biggest item to come out of all of this, which uh, I, I know we, we will get into the nuance of Monty's firings. I, I posted my column to rave reviews, Kevin, on Twitter. I'm getting just a <laughs> lot of support for, for what I wrote. Um. New Suns owner Matt Ishbia made the decision to dismiss Williams, who won an NBA Coach of the Year award and reached the NBA Finals in his four seasons with the team. Williams helped, blah, 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 blah. Ishbia has fully taken over the franchise's basketball operations, including the negotiation of the February trade for Kevin Durant and now the dismissal of Williams. Uh, We want to mention that at the top because, again, I think it's the most important thing to come out of this. We don't really know the extent of it, I guess it's, it's such a, let me know if you agree. And then I'll just like pass the, pass the mic to you fully taken over. Like we're analyzing every single little word here. I think the bottom line that we can interpret from here and just to like, keep it kind of broad in general is that he is going to be very involved in the decision-making process of, of the, of the basketball side of the uh, operations of, of the franchise, Kevin. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Woj is picking those words lightly. And I think if you just see how James Jones worked under the former owner compared to now, um, look, I, I will say beyond Ishbia did make this decision, like James Jones might have been wanting to be aggressive. James Jones might have been agreeing with this decision. You don't know, but this is obviously an owner who is very involved has basketball people all around him a lot, even if he does have a whole nother business to run. And that was honestly like my Friday, we, I had conversations with like three different people about why Isaiah Thomas was lurking around during the playoff run. Um, so that's not just us being crazy now. It's it's very much like this is a guy who wants his people and you can't that's that's like a thing in sports. It's like he's not Monty's not his guy, right? Um, but that this shows how much that is true in this business. And for right or wrong, like this team has to win a championship for this to look good. Um the first move obviously of the Kevin Durant trade. So far, not the best start there either, but like this is how sports works. And I think we're reminded of that where Monty, well liked by everyone by all accounts, will get into like how much credit he deserves for turning this whole thing around. But I mean, I think I was very aware this could happen, I guess is 
where I'm going with this. Yeah, well, we previewed the offseason and just kind of got into how we don't know, and we referred to this even, I'm sure we said it back in February, just how much of the organization could change after this season. Now, if the Suns would have made the finals, made the Western Conference finals, if they wouldn't have gotten blown out in game six, like who knows, like what exactly would have changed in terms of like the results and how much they predicated, how much movement we are going to see. I think I think I should say, first off, that his firing is justified and we shouldn't paint this too far as like Ishbia taking control, getting his own head coach he wants, getting his own GM he wants. Monty and his team failed to meet expectations two years in a row to a dramatic degree because we should emphasize meeting expectations is like, you can say that for a 40-win team that wins 25 games, right? He was on two teams that were supposed to make the finals and, and win the finals, and they got bounced in the second round. Like that's that is failing to meet expectations. So when the season ended the way that it did this year, it made a lot of sense as to why he was at at, at the very least going to be on the hot seat, right? And that's how I wrote it coming in. I wrote a column previewing the offseason, and I thought he should stay, but that he should be on the quote unquote proverbial hot seat, whatever you whatever you want to call it as, right? But the reasons why I thought that he should stay is just because of all of the benefits that we have seen from his um, involvement here and him coaching here and James Jones being here with him as well. We've seen how much it matters when a team is able to set a style of play, set an identity, find their types of players, their types of guys. We've talked about it for three or four years now, even through the draft for agency trade, whatever. We know what a Suns guy is now. We know what a Suns player is because we know what the Suns style of play is. And we know that it is unified in some ways to the style of play that Monty had. So all of that is just a huge strength for this team because I believe that only there's a half dozen teams in the league right now that could claim to have this type of thing going. And the Suns did. And I do think that the context does matter of how it looked before that and what they turned it into. And I ended my column with just saying like, if if they win a championship there, this is, this was worth it, of course. But if it, if they don't win a championship and then, we're looking four or five years down the line, Kevin, when they haven't had first round picks, they've made other moves to try and win now. And they're trying to like pick up the pieces. Monty would have been the perfect guy to pick up the pieces, but the direct counter to that. And I think why a lot of people are really upset with what I wrote is that that doesn't matter nearly as much as him being the right guy to lead them to win a championship. And a lot of people believe that he was not, I got to be honest. I'm still not sure. Like, I'm still not sure yet. I think he should have stayed, but can I sit here and confidently say that of the head coaching candidates out there and him, do I believe he is the best guy next season to get them a championship? I don't know. And maybe that that answer is enough, right, Kevin? The fact that I don't know and I can't say yes is a reason to fire him. I think that makes sense. Mine, my look at it is simple. Like, for all the good he did, if if Book and Katie think there's more to get out of it and it just needs a new voice, um, that that's enough for me. And I think that's the most important part of this is I I really hope in the Woj reporting when Ishbia makes this decision, he at least talked to those two guys because everything you do is about these two guys, roster construction, working with the GM, working with the owner. 
working with the next coach. Um, and I just, I think that that clears it in my mind. Like if they gave the thumbs up, let's, let's get a new coach and go a different direction. Then that's where this needs to go. Um, then like I can get behind it. And like, I'm, I'm reading the replies to your column, which are just mind blowing. Some of them that they think were like, here's the thing about Monty. If you talk to him, even like once you understand like why he's a good leader and why he can command NBA locker rooms and why people will listen to him. Um, and then your whole column, like a huge chunk of it is about like all the flaws and like, he didn't make enough changes, what he could have gotten more out of DA, what he could have gotten more out of other guys. And to me, like, do you want Monty operating under this ownership group and leadership front new front office that might look very different? Um, if like the TJ Warren thing is a big deal to me, right? Because how it was reported when KD got traded, like TJ Warren was a throw in, but like one, the Suns really wanted for not just a body, but like to use in theory. Right. And Monty just never ran plays for him, found a way to get him in the offense. And obviously he ended up doing that late in that last series, but there was just a disconnect on how the front office was like giving him something that he didn't want to use unless he really had to. Right. And when you see that kind of disconnect, um, when you see like even the Dario thing, like I don't understand, like I'm sure Monty would have probably played him in some spurts if he was on that team still. I, I just felt like there was a disconnect in their moves. And if you're in a disconnect from your head coach, then that's going to end badly. Even if the head coach is good, I'll, I'll say that. So like, yeah, that's, that's why it's important to get your guys, I guess. Well, but- and what he, what he said at, he didn't want to get into it at exit interviews, but his availability, but he was like, we kind of played less point five basketball. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that, that's not a good sign. And that was another one where I was like, that was, if there was any sort of moment for me in the last three weeks where I was like, Ooh, he might be gone. It wasn't, it wasn't the way they lost game six. It wasn't really kind of anything like that. It was that kind of moment where it's like, Oh, if he's not able to, get his style of play implemented with these kinds of names. Like that speaks to a disconnect, like you're saying. Um, and, and the last thing to your point on what I wrote, it seems like what, and to explain it further, just because that's what the podcast is for and like to give us nuance and everything. Uh, my headline was Phoenix Suns decide culture only matters so much by firing Monty Williams. And I think people are misinterpreting the word culture being having some emotional ties to my feelings about the coach. Like I get into it in the whole piece, like that, that culture and that identity was an outstanding plus for them. Kevin, that culture got them Kevin Durant and Chris Paul. Like why, how is that an emotional thing? It is a (laughs) basketball thing. It got them Kevin Durant and Chris Paul. Kevin Durant does not come here without that culture. Chris Paul does not come here without that culture. It is a basketball thing. So I'm not also with the, with the negative response to it because uh, the majority, overwhelming majority of the fan base, like even you cite your friends in text a lot. I do as well. The majority of my friends wanted to see him let go. Like it's not just like a thing of like my Twitter circle or whatever, right? Or like my mentions or whatever you want to call it, like my small little bubble that I see the Suns fans through. But again, like this is what he did and what James Jones did 
has like nothing to do with like the quality of people that they are like like you said but also it's like yeah they turned the culture around and i get it you didn't your culture wasn't good enough to win a title so like why does that like i I don't know i we don't have to go any more into that but go read the article very good thank you uh no that that, you don't even have to say it's good shut up um it's it's fine we we just we're just going to have one time to talk about it now and it's happening live as we're going like i was at 28 replies on the thing when we started i think and now it's at 55 so <laughs> my, I, my I whole think thing is twitter I, tonight i thought it was like a very uh like fairly critical anyway that's my whole thing it's like why half of it is, yeah half of it is going after why you should have been fired i, I'm like, <laughs> I guess <laughs> I, I just didn't point bang, i i should have said in the first sentence instead of doing some cheeky cute line about like be, trying to be cute about the past and the future or whatever and, and getting greedy um I should have just said, yeah, I think Monty Williams had a reason to be fired. <laughs> I guess I should have just stated that sooner. Um, yeah. Anyway, but some of the stuff that you kind of glance through in the story is going to be repeat listening for a lot of people. Um, but just my main qualm with him over the course of this, and I think people were really uh, on the nail when I would just kind of say – ah, but the Suns don't do that, or ah, I, I don't think, like, the Suns don't do well with that. And then people would be like, why? Well, that is directly an indictment of the head coach. So, ah, I don't know if they can go to small ball with KD. Like, it's not enough time. They don't really, like, do rapid adjustments like that. They don't really try things for more than a couple of minutes. Like, they don't really just, like, get really versatile and really challenge the other team to adapt to them. Why? Ah, they, they don't really go to DA in the post that much anymore. Like, it's just, it didn't really work. It like, why didn't it work? Why didn't they make it work in the offense when DeAndre is one of their four most important players and they should get him the ball to score where he can score? Like, his numbers dropped off a bit in the last year or two in terms of his efficiency in the post, but he was coming off, like, the, the third and fourth or at least the second and third years of his career. Like, his effective, not his effective field goal percentage, but his overall field goal percentage on post touches was good. And then Mikel and Cam, we talked about that a ton last year when they got ousted last year um, against Dallas. And then coming into the year, Mikel is not really on the ball still a whole lot. He is he is a bit more, but not as much as he should be. Same with Cam. And then once guys get hurt, that's when Mikel is able to really step up and show what he's been capable of. Now, it took him getting through a rough month of efficiency before the last couple of weeks came together. But again, when I was talking to people about Mikel, I would just be like, Alec, but it just like it wouldn't have happened here. And they're like, well, why wouldn't it have happened here? Well, it, again, that, that's where the finger kind of points towards the coach. So a lot of those to me, more so, Kevin, than the ninth guy playing seven minutes a game, believe it or not, is, is going to be why I choose to criticize him in kind of that regard. But as I get into the story, like this was a really, really good offensive team and a really, really good defensive team that just could not win in the playoffs. And we know what point five is. It was this kind of thing that I described in there where the way in which they played kind of motivated them. I could just tell, especially when they were playing Dallas or other teams that like isolate a ton, they kind of wanted to beat them just to kind of show that their brain of basketball was the superior one. And we're not just going to dribble the ball out the air out of the ball the entire time. Like we're going to move the ball. We're going to rotate together, all that kind of stuff. Uh, within the flow of the offense and defensively, as you point out to me on IMs, like they didn't really 
have top tier defensive personnel here by any means like Chris Paul um, a little bit beyond his prime there defensively, despite the fact that he's probably the best defensive point guard of all time, at least by the all defense accolades that he's picked up. Uh, DeAndre has been hit or miss there over the last five years. He was much better two years ago than he was now. I know they had Mikel and stuff, but to your point, uh, they still finished top 10 in defensive rating each of the last three years. We saw it most of the time when the gears were spinning. It was, it was really great to watch. But all of this is for not if you're not producing results. And I think that's just you can talk about the nuance of all of this this whole time. But ultimately, it's a results business. It's why all of these guys are getting fired after recently winning championships, because there are expectations and the results have to come with those expectations or you're going to get fired as a head coach. It's just how it is in the league right now. And money did not meet expectations to a dramatic degree, like I said, two years in a row, and that was enough for him to get fired, even with all of these overwhelming positives that I got into. And so now the story, Kevin, becomes what's next. And do you have anything else to say on Monty as a whole before you go? I shouldn't talk about how much I love getting to cover him or else I'll get called emotional and cute again. Um, I guess my one Monty story was just like, there was like some practice random regular season day. And I think it was just me and Gina at the time. And I felt like sick or something. And I just remember like she asked him some question and he just went on for like 10 minutes. And it was about kind of his faith, but also just like his day to day and, and how he links that to like building a culture and, I remember I was just sitting there and I asked some dumb question about whatever I thought I was going to write on. And then I left and I was like, man, I feel a lot better. Like that was motivating, <laughs> like just good dude. And you understand why the culture changed because you can get along and go a long way. If you get people to buy in and like, he is a stubborn person too. Like we know by his, you know, Landry Shamit's still in there, not playing other guys. Like that stubbornness, I think, came out in like who he wanted to go get as players. And that was a really important, I think, piece of like why this team turned things around because the stubbornness and the like demand that you're a good person, basically, and a good teammate was kind of the building blocks of this. And um, like now, like, we can get in and I'll segue into like the candidates. Now you can get into taking more risks. The KD trade obviously is a risk. It kind of shook things up. And I think the reason is from a basketball perspective, you start looking at these other names are because when you have two superstars and it's a really top heavy roster, like Monty was made for that 2021 team, which was pretty deep bench unit was really awesome but you have to be able to get a lot out of a bunch of vet men guys and be creative about it when you have this type of roster. So I, I think it makes sense from that perspective to look at some other names and two of the names I believe actually make sense in that regard. And one does not let's get into the candidates. Yeah, let's do that. And I want to end by uh, with the point that I ended the column on, which I kind of already mentioned here, but the whole kind of point is you're why I can't put my finger on who is the best candidate is because I can't figure out 
how much of what the Suns need is what Monty was bad at, Kevin. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like Ty Lu, it makes sense because Monty was the guy who was getting outcoached in playoff series and he was known for playoff adjustments. So you go for Ty Lu, who is like the the best playoff adjuster there is, strictly off of that. Um do you look for a coach who stylistically is going to fit into more of what you're doing? That's more Budenholzer, but Budenholzer is not great with adjustments and is stubborn, as you said. As <laughs> it's well. exactly the same. Yeah, you exactly need, the same. You need a like a bit of a more of an authoritarian. Authoritarian? Authoritarian? Is that is that how you say it? A, authority. I mean, like you need more of a. Um, I, I think that's a, by the way, it's a misconception that Monty like doesn't get on the guys. Like he gets on the guy, he got on the guys a lot, but the drill sergeant, if you will, to the point where like Nick nurse is roasting players in his post game presser every time. Do you need that kind of guy? And and to my point on uh, Ty Lu, the versatile try everything guy, like that's Nick nurse to a T. So that would be that angle of it more so, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they need more of. Do they just, I think what, what I'm leaning towards, cause I have to have an opinion. That's part of this is I think more of what they need is who fits them right now, as opposed to addressing Monty's flaws. Cause I feel like that's automatically where the conversation is going and what every, and what everyone wants. But uh, I don't know. Does anyone like, for, for example, Vogel wouldn't be a good hire because you don't have the defensive personnel, right? That yeah, like Vogel has the fit in terms of like, and I wrote this like in the bubble they won, and Contavious Caldwell Pope was their third best player. <laughs> like he deserves a lot of credit for being a good coach because he's an awesome defensive coach. But this that's predicated on can you rebuild the roster to fit him? And I think that's asking a little too much. Whereas like Ty Lu and to some degree, Nick nurse is more like, Oh, they'll make anything work. So if you like give them like more offense, yeah, we'll make that work. And we'll do some wonky defenses to make up for it. Where Vogel is like, I think you do need defense first guys. And that's a little harder to like puzzle in. I don't know. I don't know who uh, who makes the most sense. And to kind of go back to roundabout, to go back to the Ishbia point, Woj's story, uh, uh, how did he phrase it, that they don't have a, a central candidate right now? Is, is that how he's clear front runner to replace Williams is how Woj worded it in his story. I assume that's just a lack of information. Well, just part, I'm going to give the Suns the benefit of the doubt here. And not only because like clear front runner, sure, but they have like their top three or four candidates, right? Like they have like, we need to go for these two or three guys. Like you have to make this type of decision knowing you're confident in the guys behind him. Like this can't just be an impulsive decision just because you don't think this is the guy for the job, which is where people will disagree as well. And I think that's a lot, a lot of the disconnect here in the reactions that I'm seeing on Twitter is just, he's not the right coach. He's not going to lead them to the promise line, fire him. Whoever else comes in will be better. Like you just can't, I can't just get behind the, the second part of that sentence being a altruistic or like complete. Right. Yeah. I I mean, if, if the Suns' list right now, if that sentence in that Woj story and they don't have a front runner and the, the list, let's say the short list is Ty Lue, Budenholzer, Nick Nurse, Vogel, 
and maybe some other guys. Like, I think that is actually a really good crop to choose from. And you're probably, man, um, the problem is Milwaukee is also looking for a, a coach. And I would probably say that's a better job. Um, Cause do, do they have drew and Middleton coming back? I'm not sure, but I still think that's a better job to have that superstar, but this one is not far off. There are accusations of washedness on Middleton right now, or at least just like yeah. he's consistently hurt. Like he isn't the player he once was. I'd, I'll put it much nicer and not and then try to be. How he dealt with that knee issue or whatever it was was concerning, where they were trying to not play him too much. Um, so, so maybe let's say there are even jobs and uh, the best candidate gets to pick then I think this is a really good crop. And I will say, like, the Nick Nurse thing, I don't really know his... I know, the like, he plays guitar. He's very creative. Um, I, I think from an entertainment perspective, he'd be fun to cover and, like, definitely checks the boxes. If Suns fans want to see wonky stuff, like, that dude... Sorry, uh, dog. I mean, to, to what you were saying... Uh, I'll just pick up there to what you're saying. I think that um, it does matter to what you're saying about how this appears to be the top job available right now. Um, At least if you're looking to win a championship next year, which is what the majority of these guys are looking for, um, it appears to be the top job. It does not help, of course, like you said, that Milwaukee is an opening with Giannis, who's one of the greatest players of all time, perhaps the greatest player in the world. Uh, and you can uh, coach coach him. Speaking of the factors in that, though, Kevin, and you briefly mentioned this, but we should circle back. The way in which this decision comes down and the way I said it on the radio this week, I was like, if it, for everything to come out of like what's going to happen this offseason, the most surprising thing to me and the, the most shocked I would be just based on what we've been able to interpret from our position is that if the locker room was okay and more so like, wanted a new voice and wanted a new coach just because of how much they liked playing for him. And with that in mind, you would really hope that Ishbia and and James Jones spoke with Devin Booker on this, spoke with Kevin Durant on this, made sure they're okay. Cause part of why Kevin Durant came here was to play for Monty specifically. Um, and, and it kind of goes with, goes with that. And book is at the point now in his career as the face of the franchise, as someone who I believe is the best player that the franchise has ever had. Um, he deserves to not only be in the loop on stuff, but to be able to influence stuff as well. Um, now I'm not trying to say that if he didn't want money gone, that they shouldn't have fired money on that reason alone, but he should, his input should influence and, and play a part in like the whole pie chart of figuring out why to do it or why not to do it. Um, we just have to wait and see Kevin, how much of their stuff kind of makes sense now with the Ishbia thing. It, if that's lining up for you guys. And what I mean by that is when the trade happened, it sure seemed like the Durant trade sure. It seemed like James did not want to trade Mikel bridges. And then they just made it happen anyway. And <laughs> what just story, Kevin? I don't know if you caught this. It says Ishbia traded. Like it, it refers to Ishbia as the person who, who, who like did not only did the trade, but just like made that kind of thing happen. So I, I, I think that it's, 
We're just going to have to wait and see. We we can't read too much into it yet. Ishbia traded for unprotected first-round picks and a pick swap, like referring to it as like not the Suns, that the owner essentially did it. There is not a good track record with this in terms of owners, and, and the word I use is meddling. Um, we'll have to wait and see. But I think the main thing that I focused on with, with my column and my thought about all this is that I would – Suns fans should hope for the fact that James still has a lot of input in terms of getting his guys, because if he's not able to shape the team in the direction that he's been shaping it in, in terms of the types of players they're getting, how their styles match, all that kind of stuff, that's been a huge, gigantic plus for them on the court. And if they don't have that, we are going to see the negative results of that. Can't just throw basketball players together. Yeah. Yeah. And Sorry, uh, before I had to go on mute, I I was just saying like the Nick Nurse thing is intriguing to me because he can just mix and match and find ways and in the same way of Tai Wu, but a little more crazier, like out there, outside the box type stuff. Um, Oh, by the way, we should mention, um, you told me to look this up. If they went after Tai Wu compensation could look like a first round pick or maybe two seconds. That's the last two trades of NBA head coaches, which was doc was for a first round pick. Stan van Gundy was two seconds. That's a lot for a team that obviously can't trade first anymore. And um, would it be worth it? If it's say two seconds, I don't even know at that point, like this team needs draft picks just fills a roster of cheap contracts but i mean ty ty lu i think is an obvious number one it's just like let's pump the brakes on thinking about that because of that reason i think was it two seconds for van gundy is that what you had stan yeah Okay, so wild fluctuation there in value. We'll have to see where it lands if we get that far in like reporting and hearing about it, and then if it actually happens. Seconds are um, worth more now, though, so I don't know if it maybe one second. I don't know. Is there going to be anyone anyone uh, teams are waiting on during this process? Are there any hot assistants around right now that you want to involve in the interview process? Just because I'm thinking of like timeline here, like are they going to hire a coach within a week? I mean, I think the best candidates are all at the all free agents. Like Kenny Atkinson's probably the top assistant, and yeah, you mentioned Sam Cassell. He's with the Clippers. Um, you mentioned um, Kevin Young, who has been involved in discussions. But I do agree with your central point, which is that it needs to be someone who holds a lot of weight because you're trying to win a title right now. I think I can't emphasize this enough. Like it's going to be a first year head coach trying to win a championship. That happens. Don't get me wrong. It happens. And it's not like a rare thing either, but that's, that's what it's going to come down to. So yeah, I, I was shocked by this just because again, I really thought that the the foundation and, and the culture and the identity of the team and all that kind of um, stuff was at a point of such great value for them in terms of what it did for them as a basketball team that it was worth giving him another year. Um, and just in general, what he did, Kevin, I mean, I had the stat in here. They were 87 and 241 in the four years prior to Williams's arrival. And then he led them to a record of 194 and 115. Like it's just 
that alone, it's kind of hard to believe that that kind of coach gets fired four years ago or, or four years after doing that kind of turnaround, dramatic turnaround. Like I, w- I would assume that's the the most dramatic turnaround in NBA history when it comes to win loss records and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure the stats will kind of come out coming into Monday as all the shows get into this and stuff. But man, uh, I'm I'm still surprised by it, but I completely understand why, and certainly. Um, is a move that is at the very least met with positive feedback from the fan base. It seems like. (laughs) Do you have anything else? Yeah. I mean, one of the interesting things about this that has been percolating is the Deandre in thing. Um, Well, if Monty's out, is there any more to get out of DA and that kind of thing? And that could be part of this where it's like, man, like they, they need to fill out a roster. He's the most tradable, even though his stock is not very good right now. And it, it's a matter of, like, could a coach come in and is there any more to get out of him? Um, it, whether that's what he was not doing as well the last two years or, like, do you try to get him to buy in and and do things that, ever since college he wants to do whether that's shoot threes get more touches that kind of thing and wouldn't and that, that wouldn't that be the, wouldn't that be the exact opposite of the thinking here you can't win a title with Monty fire him you can't win a title with DA but keep him and see if something changes like that that would yeah. make sense to me i mean if someone thinks they can get more out of him oh people think they can get more out of him it's just a matter of if it's worth it the risk which i don't think it is but I guess we'll see. I don't know, man. Uh, well, this offseason has not been slow, it seems. No, and I should mention we are expecting to speak with James Jones early this week. Now, that was before this news came down, but this kind of news coming down makes it even more likely, I think. So we'll have more reacts going into next week, and obviously we were kind of looking to sign off going into – um the podcast and everything like we were going to, we didn't even do like the, we were saving the off season preview for like next week. Right. Am I yeah. Correctly. Yeah. So we, we got a lot to get into next, next <laughs> week still, but apparently we're doing a head coaching search now. Not apparently we are doing a head coaching search. <laughs> it's crazy. I like, I, you see, I, I still can't get behind my, get it through my head that it's happening, but we're here. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Like I said, we'll see you then.